It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Nick Vile on the show today, friend of the podcast, Packers super fan, also uh, a famous of Bachelor Nation and has his own podcast and his own line of essential oils. If that's something that you're into, go check that out. Um, the Packers officially signed Tremont Williams. Uh, looks like he is going to be suited up, ready to go on Sunday. Antonio Brown for the Buccaneers will not be. And while Vita Vea has been activated for the Buccaneers, we do not know how much he will actually play. The expectation, probably 12, 15 snaps, maybe 20, uh, depending on you know where this team is. Maybe the, the Bucs need to stop late. Packers are in that four-minute offense. And Vea has to play a couple extra snaps. Before we get to Nick, though, and unlike normal Friday shows, um, we are not bringing none of this was on the live show. Uh, The live show is going to be its own separate entity. Go check that out. Um, The best place to find that is on Periscope. I want to open the show with a discussion about Ted Thompson. And, And actually, I don't I don't want it to be a discussion um, I, I wrote something for Acme Packing Company, and, and if you read it, great. Uh, but really, I, I wrote it for this show, and I wrote it to be uh, an homage to Ted Thompson. I wrote it to be an obituary for Ted Thompson, um, a eulogy, if you will. And so I thought, given what he has done for this team, and what he means to the players on it, what impact he had, I thought it was really the only the only fitting way to start a show like today. A lack of sentimentality made Ted Thompson infamous among fans and consequential as a figure in Green Bay Packers history. He moved on from Brett Favre when the beloved quarterback insisted on coming back, believing instead in the talent of a quarterback he took in one of the biggest gambles in NFL history. The longtime personnel executive showed a supreme eye for talent, particularly at offensive line and receiver, and his gamble on a skinny kid from Cal codified as legend. While the end of his run in Green Bay soured some fans on his tenure, Thompson rebuilt a stagnant franchise, pulling it out of the muck 
of a wandering-in-the-wilderness quarterback and an over-their-head administration. His passing may remind us of shortcomings. It should also evince the images of great players, flashbulb moments, and historic accomplishments. Thompson, not known for his show of emotion, was the architect behind moments that made fans experience frustration and anguish, but also elation and accomplishment. A former NFL linebacker, Thompson was the embodiment of the cliched football man, the kind of executive who relished the dirty work. He watched film relentlessly and traveled to the far reaches of the country, scouring the college ranks for hidden gems and more often than not, finding them. He plucked Nick Collins out of obscurity at Bethune-Cookman and put his faith in a little-known college tackle out of Central Florida named Josh Sitton. There's fitting symmetry in Tremont Williams rejoining the practice field for the Packers the same day we find out about Thompson's passing. His ability to find undrafted free agents out of obscurity, seeing the potential for stardom, drove much of his early success thanks to players like Williams, Ryan Grant, and Sam Shields. Thompson's terse delivery and scarce availability made him few friends among beat writers and even earned the scorn of his hand-picked head coach. Mike McCarthy lamented the lack of veteran players provided by his front office and McCarthy, not Thompson, faced the media firing squad when the Packers made moves or failed to make moves that drew skepticism. Still, as his executive tree blossomed, Thompson maintained his edge as an evaluator. Losing John Schneider, Reggie McKenzie, and John Dorsey depleted the bench, but he kept faith in his staff thanks to the capable stewardship of the pocketbook under Russ Ball and a keen eye of a scout, Ron Wolf hired, who goes by Goody. In hindsight, his signature accomplishment, the drafting of Aaron Rodgers, appears axiomatic. Thompson's critics point out Rodgers entered the draft as a potential number one pick, conveniently forgetting the rest of the league possessed 23 chances to take the best quarterback of his generation and passed. And none of them already had Brett Favre still in something close to his physical prime. Thompson's final acts as GM featured extensions for Devontae Adams and Corey Lindsley, all, all pro players he drafted. He also signed a former Indiana State quarterback to the practice squad who would later go by the nickname Big Bob. His legacy will include conversations about his aversion to free agent risk, the lack of production from his draft late in his career, and complaints about wasting Aaron Rodgers' prime. Perhaps another Super Bowl title dulls those roars, though it can't be ignored that although Brian Gutekunst added key pieces to this roster, many of the core components began under Thompson, including and especially the soon-to-be three-time MVP. Packer fans won't wistfully remember the halcyon days of ignoring March because the team never made free agent moves. They won't think fondly on the 2015 draft or the non-Randy Moss trade. But there are so many other moments. Between the 2007 Big Five season, the myriad Rodgers performances from Atlanta in the 2010 season to beating the Patriots in 2014 and beyond, the last decade and a half of Packer football will go down as one of the franchise's most prosperous. None of it would be possible without Ted Thompson, the steely-eyed, poker-faced executive who valued winning over sentimentality. But given the way the last 15 years of Packer football has gone, hopefully he'll forgive us a moment 
of saccharine remembrance and gratitude for what we watched. Rest in peace, Ted. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-in-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on the 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they just might be delivering a little bit of a special treat to Locked On Packers listeners next week. Keep an eye out for that. They've got six new flavors, including caramel brownie, which I actually just had, and it is wonderful. All kinds of delicious flavors from salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, another favorite in the Bukowski house, because all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew. It really is remarkable what they were able to do. Built Bar is great for the weight. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person, whether it's you or someone in your life because they're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 20% off bonus on your next order. That's 20% off using the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's get to our conversation with Nick Vile. You can find him on Twitter at Vile, double L, V-I-A-L-L, Nicholas28. He is the host of Vile Files, which is a podcast on relationships and all sorts of of great stuff. Uh, He is, of course, a born and raised Wisconsinite Packer fan and a diehard, which is great to get his perspective. Uh, He is a fan favorite. Every time he comes on, you guys say, hey, you know, you should have fans on the show more often, uh, which I don't know, maybe it's just an end run for you guys to get on the show. I don't know, but Nick is great. And so I am very happy to bring him in now. Nick, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. Packers. Thanks for having me, buddy. Good to be back. It is the perfect time to have you back because the Packers are one game away from a Super Bowl, eight quarters away. I was having this conversation with a, with a, a friend earlier this week that this is probably the most confident I have been in a huge Packers game in a, in a probably in a Packers season in a while. Do you do you have a similar feeling? Uh, I would agree. I also just want to take a, a quick moment to pat each other on the back because I'm pretty <laughs> sure when I came on this podcast prior to the season started that you and I were pretty confident about this team despite you know national. Yeah. Uh, personalities, everyone suggesting that the Packers were lucky last year and they're going to regress <laughs> and be more eight and eight, nine and seven. And I'm pretty sure you and right. I were like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is a good team. So congratulations to us. So for, for believing in this team, but I would agree. Um, they uh, they look good. Uh, they they seem to be, you know, yeah, they're they're the favorite. They're they're, they're as healthy as they ever been. Um, they were healthy last year, but I think you know, last year I was also talking to a buddy this week, and it was like we kind of had to convince ourselves last year that we had a shot in the Niners game. You know, it was, it was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, they kicked our ass. You know, in the earlier this season, but like, you know, if this goes right or that goes right, I think we can 
you, you know, I think we can beat them, but like, I don't know if we, I don't know if any Packer fan really believe that. And I think this year right. we're, we're more cautiously optimistic. Like we're trying not to get too excited because you know, Tampa's good. They, <laughs> they did beat us. And, and Tom Brady does have uh, an aura when it comes to, you know, winning playoff games. I want to ask you about the aura. If the Packers do win, is it going to mean more because it's Brady to you? Um, I, a little bit, right? I think um, I, 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 w- I was part of the camp last week that was ro- low-key rooting for the Saints because it was like there's just no way Drew Brees is going to come in here to Lambeau <laughs> right. and win a game. I mean, and then as the game went on, I really was rooting for the Saints because right, it, was, it became even know, more obvious that Brees was, was not like, going to come to Lambeau and win. Yeah. So, um, and and Tom Brady, you know, doesn't look as great as he was, but he's still talented and he's still good. And so, with all that being said, there is an element of okay, fine. I, I still believe in the Packers, and there's a little bit of if the Packers beat Tom Brady, that's it's a little sweeter of a victory rather than a maybe a beaten up Drew Brees. Uh, I don't really care ultimately. I just want him to go to the Super Bowl. But I think there's a, a there's a slight <laughs> cherry on top um, with the Packers be- beating Tom Brady. I, I definitely don't want to see Tom Brady come in the NFC uh, and, and go to the Super Bowl. It, um, that would really be annoying. Especially if he does it beating the Packers. Uh, we 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 talked a little bit about this on Twitter earlier in the week coming out of the Rams game. I said, you know, for, for about the hundredth time this year, um, all of this frustration in the defense during the game turns out to be a pretty, pretty solid defensive performance at the end. Um, and, and you replied with something like every time, are you, is that something like, are you going through the emotions during the game? Like, what are we doing? And then oh. at the end you're like, okay, okay. I get it. Totally. Their their defense is incredibly frustrating. Um I it's it's nice to see the defense play well and come together. Uh you know, going into the season one thing like what I was definitely wrong is I thought this defense was finally going to be special and and carry this team and the offense was going to be the kind of definitely good enough and with Aaron Rodgers and and Matt LaFleur. Um yeah, they're incredibly frustrating to watch as a defense. Because they, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's play calling or 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 lapse in focus, but they seem to just take, you know, three or four series off a game, right? And <laughs> always, it always seems to be right where like Packer fans is just like we get up like ten points or a two score lead, and you're like one more stop, let's just like let's just put them, let's just put them in the grave, and then we're just like nah, let's just keep it close, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's really annoying. And then, but listen, this defense seems to be specifically designed to complement the offense. Uh, our secondary is a strength, the pass rush. Uh, they, they play better with a lead. You know, they're, they're not necessarily, they make me nervous when, if we're down 10 or down seven and we need to stop. I, I still, whether it's PTSD from, you know, prior seasons and prior defenses, I, I don't know if I totally believe in this defense to, get us back in the game, but I definitely believe in this defense to get a timely sack or a turnover or a a three and out. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, and this, your example is, is bang on. Like at the end of the first half, if they just stop the Rams, you feel like, okay, the Packers get the ball to come out in the third quarter and it's just going to be over and they give up the score. And it's just like, can we, can we maybe not do this one time? And Maybe, you know, look, it could be the NFC Championship game. I'm not going to hold my breath for that. 
but it could happen. Um, we we had this discussion earlier in the week, and I wanted to to throw this question at you. Um, we, we talked about it on the crossover edition. Would you trade post twenty ten the Packers win the Super Bowl in twenty ten? Would you trade the intervening decade with Rodgers to win another Super Bowl with Rodgers this year? So you no longer get eleven through nineteen. Like I don't get any of those seasons. No. Well, like you don't get them with Rodgers. Yeah. You don't get them with Rodgers. Like it's like Brett Hundley. I mean, yeah, it's all about Super Bowls, I guess, right? I mean, well, it's up to you. That's a it's a good argument. I mean, listen, it's all about Super Bowls for for me, but it's uh, yeah, those are it would have it be it would be hard to watch a decade of of Brett Huntley. No, no, <laughs> no disrespect. I don't, he didn't necessarily come in in play. Um, tough call, but. Um, yeah, those the, that 2014. It, that's still a heartbreaking loss. I mean, we've I've saw some highlights even this week when it was like the anniversary or, or on this day seven years ago, right? Or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm glad I I'm glad that's not the case. Um, it's been, um, it's been a, a fun. It's been fun to be a Packer fan. And to that point, I know we kind of talked a little bit about uh, talking about Ted Thompson. I. I do sometimes get disappointed in Packer fans and their lack of appreciation for just how lucky we have it uh, or yeah. how good uh, coaches and general managers have been. Uh, we're so, I, don't, I don't understand sometimes why, like, you know, I don't know if a lot of people knew Ted Thompson, you know, wasn't, you know, doing that well. And there were definitely like comments in the past couple of weeks of, uh, these like weird like critiques of Ted Thompson, you know, now that we're doing well again, or Brian Gurdekin. So it's just like, or, or even like, you know, with Mike McCarthy in Dallas, where it's just like, why, you know, why do we have to criticize, uh, the people who are no longer here just to appreciate what we have now? Uh, you know, right. Mike McCarthy won us a Super Bowl. You know, I'm very thankful for his time and he had a ton of division championships. He had some tough losses for sure. Uh, Ted Thompson, Todd Thompson put together three Super Bowl teams, not counting this year. And he has a lot of footprints. I mean, 2011 was a Super Bowl capable winning team. Uh, sure. 2014, uh, you could argue they might have been the best team. They had some bad luck. I think sometimes also we, we forget that Packers had a really bad string of, of bad luck when it came to losing. Oh my God! Uh, Pro Brutal. Bowl players like we lost Nick Collins in his prime in 2011. We don't talk about Tremont Williams enough and that injury he suffered in 2011 against the Saints game. He basically played with one arm for three years. So like in, yeah. in Tremont Williams' physical prime, he didn't have an arm, and his arm like seemed to have finally healed, and he was still really athletic and he was still really good. But you know, in that prime, we lost Jermichael Finley in his physical prime. We lost Sam Shields yep. in his physical prime. These are all like right after where the Packers gave the player a ton of money. Like those, those are hard losses, you know. And 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 teams that are, you know, in the playoffs are capable of winning the Super Bowl. It, it's hard to do that when you lose these other players. And I, what if we had a Nick Collins? What if we had a totally healthy Nick Collins and Tremont Williams for those three years? I mean, it yeah. might be a very different situation, very different conversations, the amount of Super Bowls they had. So I like to appreciate what we have. I'm very thankful for Ted Thompson, what he did for this franchise and Mike McCarthy and and then Ted Thompson. I mean, all, all the all pros. And you didn't even mention BJ Raji, yeah. who just walked away from the game. What if yeah. BJ Raji stays? What if exactly. Clay Matthews is able to stay healthy? What if Nick Perry is able? I mean, we saw what Nick Perry was able to do in, the, in his one healthy season. 
Yeah, Chad Thompson gets a lot of criticism for stuff that was not in his control, and uh, it's really unfair. Uh, The the, the criticism, and what's interesting, Nick, is the first time you came on the show, I asked you about Jordan Love, and I think that was the first time. Yeah, that was the first And you, you hearkened back to the original Ted Thompson moment with Rodgers and Favre, and you said you were in on Thompson's decision. That is now the decision that that he made. And he like we we act like that was just a given that not only would yeah. he pick Rogers, but then he would he would like he would draft Rogers, but then pick Rogers over Favre. Those were two brutally difficult decisions to make. Totally. And he got and yes, it was difficult for Ted Thompson to draft Aaron Rodgers. It was even more difficult for Ted Thompson to move on from Brett Favre. Um, I, I still give my buddy, my hometown buddy crap where I'll never forget a phone conversation. And he's currently like all of a sudden with Rogers doing, you know, being an MVP again, he's just like, well, you know what? Brett Hundley, we'll just have to move on from him. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? You know? And this was my same friend who told me that Brian Brahms, the future of the Packers, and we should just <laughs> bring Favre back for a couple more years and trade Aaron Rodgers and get, you know, get some draft capital back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I'll tell you what, I couldn't be, I'm more thrilled that the Packers drafted uh, Jordan Love than ever before. Yeah. You know, Say I mean, more about that. We're, we're playing with house money. I mean, great. It, listen, it's a great problem to have. This These conversations about like, oh, what yep. would the Packers be with a actual first round draft pick? Probably the exact same as they are now. What, like, what, <laughs> how many, you know, all, the, all these wide receivers who have done pretty well this season, most of them were drafted before the Packers had a spot. And there are a couple of receivers, right. you know, Pittman over in the Colts and, and, uh, what the, 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 the Pittsburgh receiver. Yeah. Claypool. Claypool. But we have no idea if they would have the same success in the Packers team with a different offense. Uh, we don't know if they'd outperform MVS uh, or, or Lazard. They could have gotten hurt. Uh, we also forget that this Packers team is incredibly deep, deeper than I think we realized in the beginning of the season. And when you have right. deeper teams, rookies don't play as much. Right. Like there's a reason why, you know, some of these like not as good teams and these rookies have bigger numbers because they have no one else to play. So um, the Vikings don't have anyone else to throw to besides Thielen and Jefferson. Like who are they going to get the ball to? So I I just there's just it's just such a silly argument. Listen, the like if Jordan Love may or may not pan out, I don't know. And and if had we drafted a, a different player, like let's say maybe we drafted a left tackle. Right. That left 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 tackle probably wouldn't be playing. And I know, right. uh, is it Ved, how do you pronounce his last name? Verdier? Valdir, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, he got COVID and that worked out, didn't work out. And he's still on the team and we'll see what happens. But uh, let's say he doesn't get COVID. We could have drafted a left tackle in the first round and still needed to have signed Vadir to you know give us depth because that, for that rookie left tackle just wasn't ready, still figuring out the offense, you know, and that's, yeah. that's a pretty common thing. We'll see what happens in year two or, you know, in, in two or three years from now, what Jordan Love is doing. And, you know, Brian Gutekiss, as great as he's been, he's had some swings and misses with draft picks. Um, well, you know, and that's when it really hurts is when we when you swing and miss in a draft in two or three years, when, you know, some of your current stars have to leave because of free agency and things like that. Right. and You lose the depth. You know, Packers still might be in a tough spot because. You know, uh, their second round and third round picks of a couple drafts ago are not big contributors. Oren Burks, you know, not really doing much. Josh Jackson, not really doing much. 
And and that might hurt us in, in two or three years when we don't sign Kevin King or 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 we or these middle linebackers, you know, who knows what happens. So, you know, it's uh, what I love about Gudikins. He, he seems to be more open to filling out a roster uh, in different ways. And that's great. But, uh, yeah, people are, are, are too quick to react. And Jordan Love, if the Packers have him sit on the bench for four years and great, let's reevaluate. Maybe we'll sign him on the cheap for his for next ex- 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 extension. I would rather take four or five years and evaluate Jordan Love to make sure he's worth it. Well, look at look at where the Rams or the Eagles or the Niners are in, where they like they draft a young quarterback that gets on the field. He has a little bit of success. And because he plays a quarterback position, these franchises have to throw stupid money at these guys. And then they realize yeah. they're not that great. They're only pretty good. So they're paying these like not that great guys $30 million a year because yeah. they kind of had to and they had a short window to evaluate the quarterback. Well, we don't have to worry about that. You know, we can take our time. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that we took Jordan Rodgers in the first round. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be great, but I, I'll tell you what, the Packers have set them up to not put themselves in a financial nightmare with the most important position uh, in sports. And I think that's a great position to be in. Speaking of that, um, I, I had Zach Cruz on earlier this year and I asked him and I've asked a couple people who've come on the show this year. It's a conversation I have a lot with my media friends and my Packer fan friends. Did you really before the season think this was possible from Aaron Rodgers again? Because I didn't. Possible? Of course. I definitely thought it was possible. Likely? No. You know? I okay. Mean, I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's yeah. I, I'm not even sure I thought it was possible. Really? I'm a big Rodgers fan, you know, and and the thing about Rodgers, here's why I'll, I'll say why I thought it was possible because, and I I mean clearly I don't know how to evaluate quarterbacks, but from a stupid fan perspective watching on TV, it didn't look like his physical traits weren't there anymore. He he still once okay. in a while, even the past few years, would make these kind of ridiculous throws. It looked like from a guy who doesn't know how to evaluate quarterbacks that Rodgers seemed to be playing a little sloppy or his, you know, uh, his footwork and, and things like that, throwing off his, his, you know, back leg or whatever it is. And um, so th- to me, it was just like, I feel like he still has the ability to do all the things he did. There were just it lack, lack of rhythm, lack of maybe buy it. And so I was really bullish and optimistic about what would Aaron Rodgers look like in an offense where he bought in in the second year we we saw what the Atlanta Falcons did um, in the second year of of uh, what's you know when Matt Lafleur was the offensive coordinator when they lost to the, the New England and uh, in the yep, Super Bowl in Atlanta with Kasha. But that Man, offense yep. was uh, awesome, and it was like, well, if Matt Ryan can do that, what can Aaron, Aaron Rodgers do? So I was I was very cautious but optimistic that that was possible. But it it is even better than I could have hoped for. That's for sure because he looks. As good as he ever has, he looks confident. He he looks like when he he's playing that, you know, he's playing chess. Everyone else playing checkers. He's it's just too easy. It's like he you know he's playing Madden with a bunch of guys who have like her playing for the first time, and it's just a Madden tournament. It's just so easy, and everyone's just like yeah. trying to figure out what buttons to push, and he's just like he doesn't. Even, it's just he's not even paying attention. He's just having fun. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. We're back to the Aaron Rodgers where he, if he throws a ball like 
you know, slightly behind the guy. We're a little annoyed with Aaron Rodgers because we have such high expectations for him again. And and that's been a lot right. of fun. So finishing up here, um, you know, you can give a prediction if you want to. But um, when you look at the, the, the teams that are left, is is this a situation where you think if they beat the Bucs, that's that's enough or um you know are you would you be really concerned about a game with the chiefs or the bills yeah no i'm totally concerned i mean i i don't think the <laughs> packers are uh a juggernaut you know i don't think this is like the 1990s where there was just one dominant team right um i think there's four really good teams uh, i think not to sound I, I don't think it would blow my mind to see any of these four teams win the super bowl yeah, you know, it's it's not which is which is not usually how it goes. Yeah, we usually have a pretty good idea of who at least the best team is, if not the two best. And and we probably don't this year. No, These are four talented teams. I'm I'm more nervous about the Bucks game than I want to admit. Um, I do think that if they Packers play their game and they just don't turn the ball over, they they should definitely win. Uh, short of like if there's no turnovers, it's if the offensive line I think like minus other than turnovers, it's up to the offensive line. And if the offensive line takes care of their business, uh, I think the Packers could win going away. But I think that might be a big if, especially given what we saw in week six. So I'm, I'm, I am nervous. And then, man, I don't know. I think the Bills, man, the Bills look pretty the, the past. The Bills are as hot as the Packers are in the past, you know, how many weeks? Yeah, uh, no, they're playing great. If I'm a Chiefs, I got a buddy who's a big Chiefs fan. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm. I'm really nervous about well, but this week he got a little. Uh, Mahomes seems a little beat up, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, if it's Packers Bills, I'm nervous. Packers Chiefs, I'm nervous. Um, I and I can see the Packers beating all these teams. I, I think they're more than capable of winning it, but it will be close. And I think the Packers will have to play some really great football and mistake-free football, and we'll, we'll need Aaron Rodgers to be special. And I think those are all more than possible things that can happen, but it's not a, it's not a gimme, and I'm not overconfident. That's a perfect place to end it. Um, I, I just saw a stat that the, the Bucks were the only team that made the Packers' offensive line play below average football this year, and, and maybe it wasn't the Bucks' defensive line. Maybe the Packers just had a bad game on offense. Nick, this on, was great, on man. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm just curious, where, where do you stand on your confidence level? Oh, against the Bucks, like a six and a half um, against the Chiefs, like a five and against the Bills, probably like a seven. Wow, you're you're I'm more scared of the Bills than you. Well, you know, I, they're I think they're the they're the best matchup uh, for Green Bay because I just like I don't think they can pressure well enough on defense. Like I just that's the thing with Rodgers. Like if you yeah. can't pressure him. You're done, and the Chiefs can pressure Rodgers a little bit more, and the Bucks can obviously pressure Rodgers. So I think that that puts them um, in in better positions than the Bills. I, the, the Bills Packers game would probably be like forty five to forty one, but because uh, I think that offense is awesome. But yeah, I, I think yeah. that 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 defensive deficiency is my my question. Well, there. Bills don't run the ball at all, and I think that that matches up well for the Packers because I think their pass rushers can just yeah. tee off. Yeah. So. No, it'll be interesting. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I, I I hope that we're all very happy in a, in a few weeks, or certainly by by Monday or Sunday night for sure. But uh, it's been a fun year. It has. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, buddy. All right, I want to thank Nick again for joining the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Are you ready for football, playoff football, Super Bowl football right now? 
you should be getting ready to win some money with betonline.ag, the one place that has you covered, the one place we trust to get all of your betting needs taken care of. And if you sign up today for a free account at BetOnline, you use the promo code Locked On, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Packers, three-point favorites. Chiefs, three-point favorites. Packers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Who says no? Okay, make some money off of it. Make it happen. And right now, you can use the promo code Locked On. A free account at BetOnline. Costs you nothing to sign up. You put money and they will match that deposit up to 50% because they want you to bet money and they want you to win money at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right i have the packers winning i have them winning something like 28 30 something like that Uh, i think it's gonna be a close game TJ Lang said on Twitter that he thinks the Packers win by seven plus that it is a situation where uh, they could win by 14 plus. I wouldn't be surprised by that because this this Bucks team is so inconsistent. They're so up and down. I think their their ceiling is so high, but we've seen their basement. They could lose to Nick Foles. They could almost lose to Daniel Jones. Now you assume they're going to be up for this game. But the Packers are going to be up for it, too. Mike Patton showed the defense, uh, the old NFC Championship game. And so they are in a mood. I, I like what what this team is building. I like the foundation of it. I like where they're at right now. And I think they are perfectly positioned. They came in. They come in rolling. Right. They came in with with supreme confidence. They beat the daylights out of the Rams last week. The, the Bucks kind of limp in. The offense was bad. Um, they get all the turnovers, but that's really fluky. That's not something you can rely on. Um, they didn't play particularly good defense against Taylor Heineke. So I think Green Bay feels like they can score points on this team. I think they can score points on this team. And I, I don't I don't have confidence in the Bucks offense to be able to score enough in this game to win. That's why I have it 30 to 28. And I think that's where it is ultimately going to land. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. We'll, of course, be back next week to break it all down. And we have a new show launching on Monday on the Locked on Podcast Network, a daily all sports podcast that I will be hosting. And I will get you all of those details when we launch next week. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, I have a feeling you will want to during the game. Hit us up. 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.